Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to a very special edition of Work Human Radio. I am your host, Mike Wood, and this is going to be airing on World Happiness Day, which is actually next Wednesday because we're talking on Friday right before the Work Human Conference. But I'm very excited to get this interview together because we are talking to Christina Hall, who is the SVP and Chief People Officer at LinkedIn, and our friend Amy Blankson, who is the founder of TeachWell. She's a researcher, and she has spoken at Work Human before. So hello. Happy Friday, both of you. Thanks. Hi, Mike. Great. So I want to start with you, Christina. Like, Congratulations on being included in the Global Happiness and Wellbeing Policy Report. How does LinkedIn, like, how did this whole thing come together? Sure. So LinkedIn put in place this program we call Bravo's in 2015. And it is basically a way for employees to recognize one another when they go above and beyond. And we saw some really nice pickup in terms of use and the sentiments we were getting back from employees. And I was talking with that with Sean Aker, and we sort of started spitballing about you know, what do we think that this tells us and what can we learn from the behaviors of people as they sort of learn how to recognize one another, send positive messages, send awards in different ways. And we started to look at our employee data and we're able to do some research to see that these awards, both received and awards given, have all these positive impacts. And one of the places that's obviously incredibly crucial in Silicon Valley is about employee retention. So we were able to sort of really dig out some nuggets there in terms of the relationship between the awards that people received and their likelihood to stay with the company, LinkedIn. That's great. I mean, we've seen through our research throughout the years, you know, with many different companies that, you know, that's a fact that the more you are recognized and appreciated and reminded of why you stay at a place, longer you're going to stay there. That's great to hear that Bravo is taking off like that. Amy, can you tell us a little bit about the World Happiness Report? Absolutely. So I sit on the UN Global Happiness Council, and every year we produce this report that is sent out globally to not only governments and public policy agencies, but also to a number of educational institutions and employers as well. And the idea behind this report is really to provide a list of best practices in terms of quantifying and qualifying the importance of studying happiness, particularly in the workplace. That's the chapter that I focused on in the report. The report covers education and health policy and smart cities, but really well-being was the one that I was focused on. And I've been fascinated both in my work working with Sean at GoodThink and trying to bring positive psychology research out to companies that the response we get from these organizations is often, you know, this seems like a great idea, but we have higher priorities that, you know, employee well-being is lower on the totem pole in terms of the financial priorities. And 
When we're doing our research, the research of positive psychology shows exactly the opposite. It shows that organizations that invest in well-being actually are more successful and more productive and have higher retention long-term. And so we're always looking for ways to actually highlight organizations who have incredible data to share. And this year, the UN Global Happiness Council really wanted to provide case studies, real-life case studies of organizations that are doing this to show other places in the world that this can be done. And not only can it be done, but it's actually highly advantageous. And so I was honored to get to help write up the LinkedIn case study for the report this year that was debuted on February 10th in the World Government Summit in Dubai, but is actually going to be released in the United States here on the World Happiness Day. So kudos to LinkedIn. It is a real honor to get to include them in the report. Yeah, it's great that. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So Christina, you mentioned earlier that Silicon Valley in terms of turnover and the, you know, I know just from hearing about Silicon Valley, I mean, I'm based out of Boston. So I know that a lot of people job hop. Do you have like any type of benchmark for, you know, what the average tenure is around that area and kind of how LinkedIn has improved upon that with, you know, the Bravo program? You know, I think as much as it's fun to talk about Silicon Valley as this incredibly different place from everywhere else, in a way, when we see the incredibly low rates of unemployment that we have right now, this is really a factor for almost every company. And so what we're able to show is really how people getting this peer recognition through our Bravo program has been something that has increased retention in a way that we think is incredibly unusual, kind of to the point that Amy made in terms of it's very low cost. You know, we're really doing something with these awards where we're able to recognize employees more about the messaging than with dollars. And so the Silicon Valley, you know, cliche is always like that we're throwing money at people. And really, this is one of those spaces where you see the message is more important than the dollar amount of the, you know, over 40,000 awards that we gave under the Bravo program at LinkedIn last year. The average size of the award was $135. And so these are really sort of small awards and a bunch of them have no value at all. They're just simply messages of encouragement and acknowledgement. And that kind of thing is just amazing because you really see how recognition is this source of motivation that inspires people to do their best work. I also think that keeps them happy and more likely to stay at a place where they feel recognized. Yeah, I completely agree. And not just because I work for WorkHuman, <laughs> but and, and this is something that, I mean, I know it's not an easy thing for companies to make the decision to jump on board and to try this. And it takes some time to gain the data. So I believe you've been a customer for, I'm going to say off the top of my head, maybe three years, something like that. LinkedIn, a customer of WorkHuman? Yes. Yeah, we've been a customer since 2015. Okay, good. I was close. <laughs> so, I mean, we get really excited when after we've had this relationship for a couple of years, we get this data. We have a whole team of research analysts that can go through it and, and really pick out some really good nuggets. So that's good to see. 
Amy, do you want to tell me a little bit more about, you know, some of the work that you do in terms of the happiness report and what are some of the things that we are seeing around the world and like, what should we be focusing on? Great question. I think that the biggest point I'd want to share with listeners is that what is evolving is a transition in society right now of realizing that economic wealth is not the greatest indicator of a nation's health or a company's health. That while finances may be up one year, they might be down the next year. But what's happening on a longer trend is really focused deeper on what is the health of the organization. And what we're doing at the United Nations right now is focusing in on this model of measuring happiness, being able to quantify it and compare it not apples to oranges, but really apples to apples by creating a standard, an index, a global happiness index that helps to really align metrics and benchmarks for countries to try to hit. So we know from our research that in different parts of the world that you know health and well-being might be very different things. Some countries define happiness in terms of economics, some in terms of the health of their entire village or the health of one individual or the ability to move up within society. And what we're trying to do is to create measures that are multifaceted, just in the same way that we measure the health of a company in multifacets. We're measuring the wealth and the health of a country in multifacets. And what we're learning is just fascinating to me that there's a nation called the Kingdom of Bhutan that actually started this whole movement towards measuring the gross national happiness of their country. This young king decided that he was going to measure that and not the gross domestic product, which is what every other nation has been measuring by since around the 1950s. And it was shocking for the world that he would do so because it seems so strange. Like, how do you just measure happiness? Turns out you actually can and that there's great public policy to support it, as well as some really good best practices that should be, I think, the cornerstone, the foundation of creating a healthy society. And so other nations are now beginning to measure GDP and GNH, gross domestic product and gross national happiness, side by side. And I think that's going to change the future of what we're looking at in society. When we talk about working human, it's no longer about making money. Shocking, right? It's not just about making money. It's about having an experience and a life that's one full of meaning, that's one full of purpose, and is actually contributing to the overall health of everyone in the society, which I think is profound. I'm happy to be a part of. I think all this is fantastic. You know, money only goes so far. I, I remember getting, you know, back in my earlier career, you get like a 2% raise or a 3% raise. And when you calculate all that out, it's, uh, you know, 20 bucks for a month or <laughs> maybe even less than that. So money only goes so far. And I've heard anecdotally stories that, you know, people get a certain amount of money and they're still not happy. So what else is missing from that picture. So thank you both for talking to me on International Day of Happiness. I just have one final question for both of you, which is just what brings you joy? So Christina, what brings you joy? You know, for me, the thing that probably brings me the most joy is that a feeling of accomplishment when I can do work either at home or in the office that makes other people happy. And sometimes that's as simple as cooking a nice meal. And other times it is introducing them 
to something they didn't think they could do, whether that's maybe, you know, giving a Bravo award or even learning a new skill or taking on a new role, those always end up being those warm, fuzzy feelings that then last a long time. So I guess on the anticipation of the Global Happiness Day, it's sort of fun to think about, you know, what I could do that would make me happy. And even talking about the Bravo program is something that comes to mind for me. Fantastic. Amy, what makes you happy? Actually, Christina, my answer is not that different from yours. I think I'm happiest when I am working in my sweet spot. And for me, that is bringing people together around world-changing ideas. That's something that really creates a sense of fulfillment for me. And so this is in that space for sure. It definitely is a joy to be able to work with WorkHuman and with LinkedIn and to share these ideas and to create a spark of joy for others who are listening out there. Great. Well, I wanted to thank you both for joining me today and bringing some joy to my day. Once again, we've been talking to Christina Hall, who is the SVP and Chief People Officer at LinkedIn, and Amy Blankson, who is the founder of TeachWell and works a lot with Good Think with Sean Acor. Thank you both very much and have a wonderful World Happiness Day. Thanks, Mike. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mike. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at WorkHuman March 18th through the 21st in Nashville. Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2019. 